0: Welcome to Fields of Consciousness, the podcast for consciousness conversations with myself, Jeffrey Stegman, and myself, Clayton Stegman. <laughs> As consciousness explorers and founders of Focus Life Force Energy, we're here to bring a holistic approach to consciousness and share practical examples of how you can take your life to the next level. From your home to your coworkers, let's explore together how consciousness interacts with your everyday experience.
1: In our last episode, we discussed a bit more about who we are and our interest in consciousness. In this episode, we dive deeper into high and low consciousness fields, how living in a high consciousness field benefits you, and why we believe environment is more important than your personal will.
0: Welcome to the podcast. Welcome back to Fields of Consciousness. We're happy to be with you. We're your host, Jeffrey and Clayton. Today we're going to talk about the relationship between the consciousness of your environment and your personal willpower. So Clayton, this idea that the environment, that our environment around us is more important than our willpower just blows me away. Can you explain that to me? Yeah, it's an interesting idea.
1: Um, When we're talking about environment and willpower, we often forget to think of the long term influence of a place we typically will associate it with an immediate kind of feeling of a place if we're talking about an environment like is it decorated well is it you know is it clean i suppose and um, there's certainly an effect that happens when we go into a place that's beautiful or really chaotic and it's the long-term consequences of mm. different environments. I think that is probably underrated more in our Western culture. In the Eastern cultures where they talk about feng shui, in particular the Asian cultures, it's a big part of their conversation. There's, there's uh, feng shui, there's uh, vastu. There's different uh, disciplines that are thousands of years old in terms of how you orient your house and, and you know where you put different objects it's just a different focus on our, the relationship with the land. The Native Americans certainly have um, a very strong connection to the land, and that's one of the gifts of, of, uh, of their, their culture. And even they have places in the world where they don't suggest people live, right? It's just mm-hmm. not good energy. Mm-hmm. And There's a history of illness in those places and uh, discord. So mm-hmm. those are some just kind of you know cultural geographic, historical precepts that we all live within, sometimes unconsciously.
0: Mm-hmm. In pilgrimage sites around the world, you know, people go to those environments you know, to, for different purposes. We've talked about that in past episodes. Yeah. And, and so we're talking about fields of consciousness in, on the land or in a building that can affect us. So, you know, these th- in thought forms is the other part of that. You know, there could be uh, just a way of thinking about something that, you know, is showing up in our thinking and uh, it's related to the land or to the place. Um, but how does, how does how did willpower and this environment kind of, you know, interplay, you know, in our personal energy
1: Well, it's interesting you you mentioned thought forms. So if we're really paying attention to our thinking when we go to a place, our thinking typically starts to change after our energy is depleted a bit or raised a bit. Hmm. Sometimes there's a subtle influence of more of a thought rather than an energy that typically Hmm. follows energy, at at least in my experience. So if you're thinking begins to change and your thoughts become more uh, negative. If you're more judgmental, more critical of self and others, if you're less optimistic about your current reality or the future, or you start replaying old stories from the past, like we've all had those experiences. Mm. Then that is a diminishment of personal energy and personal energy is, is related to willpower. So when we talk about high consciousness fields and low consciousness fields, um, we're talking in some ways about the scales of balance in our lives, of do we have the willpower or the personal energy to, um, to become our best self or are we
0: struggling and maybe deteriorating? Mm. so in those environments you know where say we're going more negative and we're having these thoughts that are counter to how we want to be that it takes more willpower and and can overcome our willpower in those situations
1: well i think it can contribute to overcoming our willpower that's a really interesting thought about you know do we do we acknowledge that a space wore us down so much that we made a mm. choice that we wouldn't, well, you know, that we're not happy with. Mm. It's kind of a, it's not quite chicken or the egg, but if your energy mm-hmm. is low, it's harder to manage your thoughts. If your thoughts start to change, even some of the unconscious patterns that come up, then there's, mm-hmm. there's directly, there's a, there's a direct relationship. And it, sometimes it's hard to know if, if like, what's the biggest influence if mm-hmm. we've had a, a tendency or a habit for years and years and we go into an environment and then it gets triggered, mm. you know, at some point we're ultimately responsible no matter what happens. But that is an interesting distinction, Jeff. That's, that's, uh, that's a good conversation. Mm-hmm. That one.
0: Mm-hmm. And you know, this, like you mentioned triggers that could be triggered by an environment that then kind of take you down a road, yeah. you know, down a, down a thought pattern that you might've had. You know, I was thinking about, you know, going to like a high school reunion in the high school, mm-hmm. you know, see, so you've yeah. you got the, the same space that you were in maybe when you had a difficult time in high school. Um, but the triggering is interesting because it may, you know, there's all these different areas of our consciousness and that's something I learned from you and, you know, the work you've done in sort of delineating those different areas of our l- life, mm-hmm. of our mm-hmm. consciousness, that it could be in a certain area that we're triggered and that we know we use our willpower, say, say, uh, you know, in a social situation, um, some people have social anxiety and, um, I'm more of an introvert, you know, if I'm in a big party, I'm like usually in the corner until I find (laughs) one person to talk to, you know, then when I find that one person, I have a great conversation, but,
1: um, yeah, I'm the person in in the other corner, (laughs) <laughs> well, we can f- we found
0: each other, yeah, which is great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: um, and then there's those people, you know, like your daughter Madeline. She's just like kind of like a social butterfly. She bounces around, makes everybody feel good. You know, um, so that's that's an example of someone who's really high in social. They have a great appreciation for the connection with other people, the joy mm-hmm. of you know humanity merging in a social situation it's really you know it's great to see um
0: so in and in that field of high social mm-hmm. you know like a high level of consciousness and social where there's a lot of acceptance for everyone and inclusion of everyone that um you know it, it, me in that field then I could start to move into um you know it's like better than willpower it's like now I've got I'm just naturally being more social
1: Yeah. They lift us up. They lift us up. Those Mm -hmm. people, it's like people who are really healthy. You know, if you, if you're looking to find an exercise buddy for a while, you know, if you can find someone that's much healthier than you, they're, or they're working out a lot and they're used to working Mm -hmm. out and have a good pattern, a good routine. Mm -hmm. It's just easier to be around them because they, they don't have a lot of, well, they've overcome their, their, they've overcome their stories and their resistance to exercise. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's another example. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about, you know,
0: mm-hmm. you know, and we've talked in the past about someone that's very high in, say, financial management, mm-hmm. and you take a course with them or you go see them talk, that just being in their field then helps you to be better financial manager of your money and your 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 savings or whatever it is you're spending. That 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 field then. Where before your power you were using your willpower to try to save and it wasn't working because there whatever, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. some kind of pattern was happening. But then when you're in that field of someone else, that environment of someone that's high in financial, then all of a sudden it's easier to do those things.
1: Yeah, we're, we're sort of going into some pretty self evident examples. Uh, there's, you know if we just think about a situation if we're in a if we're in a restaurant and a couple is fighting, you know like what does that do to the environment mm. uh, if we're in a you know if our home hasn't been cleaned in a long time and we come home like mm. I know what my experience is you know people can can think for that for themselves um, I don't know who was famous for this Jeff but i I keep hearing that um, you know where if you want to know who you are in the world. And, you know, we have our own perceptions of who we are. And then there's the other perceptions of who we are. If we, if we look at the people, the five people close to us, you know, or the six people, Mm -hmm. whatever that number is, you know, that's, that can tell, uh, tell us a lot about ourselves.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. In the example of a party, you know, it's like we were just talking about the social aspect, um, lots of, you know, good interactions. What, what does that do? Yeah. Yeah.
1: These are just ways for all of us to think about fields in a way that, um, you know, it's, it's a, it might be an unconscious perception or an unconscious experience that you have. So when we're talking about high consciousness fields, people, it's like, well, what is this high consciousness field thing? What's a low consciousness field? We're actually, you know, human beings are consciousness research organisms and we're just using a language such as high consciousness field or, or low consciousness field, as we give more examples to give you the distinctions about what's happening that you're aware of. I mean, humans mm-hmm. are extraordinarily sophisticated in our ability to adapt and survive. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. we may not look that sophisticated at all times, but uh, <laughs> we, um, yeah, as a, as a species, we, you know, we're animals and there's a part of our instinctive nature, that's looking for safety and acceptance, mm-hmm. because that helps our survival
0: mm-hmm.
1: so uh, we're just trying to put some language to this so we can go deeper into some of the useful distinctions
0: well, and becoming conscious of these influences then helps us to use it to our advantage yeah. you know to 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 grow in the ways that we want to grow or to be the the kind of person that we want to be all right, what's, what kind of environment do I need to be around to be better, you know, in this area yeah. that I've picked? Um, yeah. Well, let's yeah, let's talk about some of the low uh, environments. Um, so they, you know, it can be low in consciousness, the way we measure consciousness. People tend to think of vibration it. They might say that, you know, it feels low in vibration here or, or it might just be, like we talked about, different areas of our consciousness. It's just low in a certain way that triggers us individually to go kind of drop, you know, not feel good about ourselves or some be in fear or something like that.
1: Yeah, there's, there's, there's the objective low consciousness measurement. And if you've been in a in a certain environment for a long time and you associate that with friends and family and the good things in life that you've experienced, it may be relatively low. Like a, um, let's say there's a home or an apartment that you've you've lived in for a long time and you've had a lot of good memories there, but it's really kind of, you know, the neighborhood's gone down. You haven't taken care of your place. You know, your furniture is, you know, kind of beat up. It needs to be painted. It's dirty. You might feel comfortable in that. And, it may not necessarily be high. So there is a distinction between what we're used to and what we feel comfortable with and, you know, what is high and low. Uh, typically people in those environments will, you know, they'll have a pattern where they're st- they've been stuck in for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not that you have to have, you know, a really nice place to be a high conscious person. Yeah. It's just that, you know, when things aren't cleaned, you know, eventually
0: like, how do you feel? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was thinking too of friends that I've had where they just, the family just fights all the time or seemed to me like they were fighting. You know, there's these like spirited arguments and um, high, you know, raising the pitch or the volume of the voices. And um, when I go into that environment, it's like, I just want to leave out the back door, you know, go hide in the basement or something. But there's this, they're, it's an environment that they're used to, you know, and maybe even thrive on that energy of that. Um, so, yeah, whether it's kind of low, low in vibration or maybe just a different style or a different level of consciousness in social, you know, creates a field that's, you know, difficult for someone to be in who's not used to that.
1: Yeah, they've, they've maybe got a thicker skin by being in that environment all the time. And you know they may have a a way of relating that I wouldn't probably enjoy either. It may not be that low. It's uh, it can just be a very blunt kind of style of relating, or caustic mm-hmm. or a, you know they call it a sense of humor, and it can be really critical. So it, sometimes it's just a style of relating, and sometimes people try to rationalize the bad habits. You know, that's the way we are. <laughs> and we've always been that way. It's our way of talking to each other. It's like. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: uh, yeah, and and those people may be really smart with their money, you know. So mm-hmm. it's you know humans are interesting. We have these areas where we can be really well resourced, and uh, other areas where we just yeah we're we're struggling.
0: So the so the low consciousness or low energy field, you know we've talked in past podcasts about the feelings you know can feel heavy uh, as you said earlier you might have these negative thoughts coming in that you know you could may- maybe see if they're yours or not they might mm-hmm. not be yours um, you might be distracted um, be less compassionate in that situation Have you ever noticed that Clayton oh yeah the mind loves to me to jump to to jump to judgment,
1: <laughs> yeah, or um, to make up assumptions before checking the mm-hmm. data, yeah, the mind's the mind's great for that. And anytime you're in a a low a lower vibration area, you've got to be a little more uh, diligent about managing your thinking.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I've even noticed, mm-hmm. like up here, Jeff, um, we've got a, a really bad fire season this year up in British Columbia, and then that, well, a lot of a lot of places do, but we're certainly one of them and the level of conscious of the town has dropped like that Mm. that we're in. In fact, the whole, this part of the whole country has dropped. The province has dropped about 90 points. The province of British Columbia, since the severity of the fire season has kind of kicked in. Mm. So that's another example of, you know, people don't want to go out that much because it's really smoky and, Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really hard to exercise outside or even in a lot of places that don't, if you don't have good ventilation, it's really difficult to exercise. And uh, mm-hmm. I've just heard, we heard today that uh, what Denver has the lowest air quality in the United States. I think in the world. Is the world. Okay. Yeah. Well, we Castlegar, um, not too far from here had the lowest air quality in Canada uh, last week. So mm-hmm. that's just mm-hmm. a real, you know, kind of visceral example of, is fresh air and sunshine, you know, or even, uh, you know, rain, because that nourishes the earth. Is that, you know, a higher field or a, or a lower field and is, you know, uh, smoke from fires that clogs your lungs and makes your eyes irritated and, or, you know, makes Mm -hmm. it difficult for
0: you to breathe. That's, that's a pretty, pretty dramatic example. Yeah. Yeah. Dramatic example of an unhealthy, you know, environment or a low environment or, triggering emotions and, you know, into, you know, complaining, I guess is one way to look at it. I'm not saying you were complaining, Clayton, but uh, it's, uh, it could lead to, you know, patterns, uh, no matter what our willpower is, it's like the environment is just so big and so Mm -hmm. kind of overwhelming in our uh, consciousness that it can create that kind of reaction. Yeah, it was
1: you know, the people that I talked to, it it was like, geez, we spent so much time inside the last winter with, you know, all this, you know, self isolation, and then summertime comes and it's and it's um it's smoky, it's like, you know, give us a break, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a certain amount of commiseration there for sure. Um, mm-hmm. um, but I was thinking about uh you know, we were talked earlier about uh being around people who you know, they eat really healthy, you tend to eat healthier. If they don't tend to eat healthy, you tend to eat, you know, less healthy. And um, I'm thinking about in high school, the smoking pit, they called it, where mm-hmm. everybody go outside smoke. And it was just like, there was kind of a gossipy kind of a vibe out there. And, you know, I just, I didn't smoke either, but some of my friends hung out there. And so when I went out with them once in a while and, it's just, you know, it's like not a space you want to spend a lot of time in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also thinking about parties, Jeff. Uh, oftentimes people are drinking or at a party or using some type of stimulant. And the party becomes, you know, it's very, it, it's like it goes up and up and up, you know, in energy or vibration. And then it turns, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, sometimes it's pretty obvious. And sometimes it's not so obvious, to, um, but I had a, a buddy of mine that I knew for years. And when we went to a party, he was a musician, right? And, uh, you know, he'd been in, he <laughs> grew up in a f- musical family. So he's been, he was a professional partier, put it that way. And <laughs> as soon as the party turned, he would know it. He was like a sixth sense. And then he'd point out all the behaviors of uh, <laughs> people, what, like how it turned in the last 20 minutes. And then he would, he would leave. And uh, he said, "I've been to two. I've been in too many situations where, you know, the music was great. People are having a good time. They're having a few drinks, or whatever they're having, and then all of a sudden, you know, it it turned. And um,
0: mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. so it's an example of paying attention to the environment, and you know, when it hits that point." Exit, you know, head for a different environment. <laughs> yeah. Find a party, another party that's just started. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's how those all night long things get going. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, so being around people, you know, the, like say the eating example. Mm-hmm. So would that be like a level of consciousness in health that would be part of that field that would af- be part of the environment that would affect you? Say you're with someone that's, you know, has bad eating habits or has some ideas about eating that maybe aren't that healthy. So would their level of consciousness and health be what's affecting us in maybe, you know, joining them and not eating? I mean, there might be some social aspects in that as mm-hmm. well, but. Yeah, yeah, it's an
1: interesting one. Um, so, you know, the economics come into play. Yeah. and um, and belief systems, of course, what's healthy and what isn't. And, um, you know, I've been – I mean, food's such a common one, so it's a great example. Um, mm-hmm. If you're really grateful for the food you have and you're not eating too much of the, you know, I think acknowledged unhealthy types of foods, typically, you know, complex carbohydrates, and people talk about donuts and things like that as an example – Um, if you're grateful to be able to afford that donut and you haven't had anything, you know, much to eat that day, it might be different than, um, you know, sneaking off into the corner to have a couple donuts before you, you know, go to the gym and hit the juice bar, uh, Mm. in the same way with people that are quite healthy, if they're neurotic about their food and they're, you know. Sometimes when you're changing your diet, you really got to focus a lot of energy on it and you got to plan your meals and do all that. And that's mm-hmm. tension creating in itself because you're trying to change. Right. And I've been around some people who are who appear to be very healthy. And I believe that sometimes their neurosis around having to eat the right kind of food almost taints the food in their body because of the mm. tension. So mm. it's kind of an interesting thing. It's not just what we put mm. in our... In our body, it's the state
0: that we're in when we eat it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so the le- level of consciousness, you might be in fear. You know, if I don't eat this way, I'm going to die. You know, is the unconscious maybe belief pattern? So that would be in a you know a level of, lower level of conscious fear, even though they're <laughs> healthy eating. Yeah, yeah, so it's something you could learn from them. But um, I, I remember when the kids were growing up. I was, you know, I wouldn't say militant is the right word, but I was pretty, you know, I wanted f- good food and good eating and um and it probably was too, you know, too uh I don't know if I got quite to the neurotic stage <laughs> I have to ask others for their opinions about that. But but yeah, I mean down that road of really intensity around it. And uh it's it has the opposite effect then.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, it's like, well, you know. I'm going to go the other way then, you know, so it, it food is interesting. We have, you know, we have a lot of survival, you know, beliefs around it, maybe unconscious and, and then, do, you know, what we learned from our parents and friends and everything else. Um, Advertising. I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, when Wayne Gretzky says,
1: eat the, you know, well, you Wayne Gretzky when I was a kid, you know, and he says eat honey nut Cheerios. Well, that's,
0: it must be good mm-hmm. for you. And Wayne says so.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah. So the other, you know, low kind of areas around people, like whether it's roommates, friends, a group of friends you're around or, or people at work, you know, workmates that where there's a lot of complaining happening, like especially in a work environment, it can be this, you know, field of complaining, you could say, or an environment of fault finding mm-hmm. in them, you know the 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 owners of the managers um that c- can create an environment that may be difficult for your willpower to overcome or you have to spend a lot of energy to not you know jump on that wagon
1: yeah you know if you unresolved authority figure issues uh you're going to find an authority figure to project it on so uh, if you have to own the business it's it's going to be you. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Unless they find somebody else, you know, and well, if they don't heal it within themselves, they'll just keep finding more and more people to project that on. Yeah. -hmm. Yeah.
0: So what Dr. David Hawkins is somebody we follow in the book power versus force is first one. If you haven't read any of his work, it's great to read. Um, But What's his broken window theory at, I've heard that, but i don't really understand it yeah it's a common theory
1: it's the uh uh i don't i think I read it first in his uh book and i, I looked it up and it's basically if you're in a neighborhood and somebody breaks the win uh breaks a window and I think the example was in you know an apartment building somebody threw a a rock through a window, and they don't fix it and then what tends to happen is that broken unrepaired items that are visible especially will tend to attract other circumstances that are similar so what happens is that well there's a broken window so the person doesn't make the effort to fix it and then they don't make the effort to fix that fence outside and there's you know something happens with the fence and then you know, then they're not making the effort to cut the grass or whatever. And it just leads to more and more uh I don't know, disrespect or lack of care for the environment.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: the opposite is the same. They found that if they if somebody, you know, if there's a broken window or something that needs repair, just physical stuff in an environment, if you take care of the physical environment, people will tend to take more care of the physical environment. It's a, um, it's a sort of a law of attraction, you know, that the neglect tracks more neglect and the, and the high maintenance, uh, the positive maintenance on something attracts more positive maintenance.
0: When we've noticed in the FLFE field in the FLFE high consciousness environment, that people take care of it more, you know, that they, they're, there's something about a high consciousness field that has people clean and paint and renew the environment. Do you think that like a broken window in this situation is lowering the level of consciousness of the environment there? Yeah, I think anything that's um, neglected in terms of maintenance
1: would drop the level of consciousness. Yeah, that's what I believe. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah that's interesting. They'll tend to think about, You know, physical things like that, in consciousness together. But as as we've we've found out and through study that fields of consciousness are everywhere, and they're not just around living things. It's part of part of our whole environment.
1: Yeah, I mean, thoughts are things. So if you have a like a broken window, it's like you're looking at that, and you're going, okay, that person either doesn't you know have the money to fix it, or they don't care. But you're you know your thought that's projecting towards that. Building with the broken window is typically not, oh, what a lovely building. Like, look at how mm. well they take care of that. Oh, they chose a nice color for the, uh, you know, for the, the trim or, or it's mm. just well respected. And so thoughts are things. And I mm. think that negative thought that's repeated over and over again, if it's, especially if it's in a visible place, starts to create an energy about it. I mean, mm. humans are extraordinarily powerful, even when we're yeah. unconsciously, looking at something and and just analyzing it you don't have to be judgmental about it it's like oh okay there's mm-hmm. a lot of there's a lot of things that are broken in that place people aren't mm-hmm. you know they don't either don't care don't have the money or something's going on yeah
0: you know? yeah i hadn't thought about that that you know passerbys are adding to the you know the thought forms or level of consciousness around that you know area that doesn't look good, broken windows, whatever's broken. So yeah, that's, that's really interesting. So let's, let's move on to some higher, like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) the, the heavy, uh, sometimes in our work, you know, we've had to, to understand the low and the heavy to help clear it or to create a high consciousness field that, that, uh, transcends that. But I certainly like spending more time on the highs. Yeah, I think,
1: with the, you know, the lows even, like, you can get a lot of juice from being in a low field, right? You get a lot of juice mm-hmm. from being a victim, and it's, you know, these fields are very, uh, a lot of entrainment happens. The more you spend a time in a certain field, the more you'll want to spend time in that field.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you get get the kind of energy like you scare yourself in a graveyard and you yeah. just run as fast as you can. <laughs> you're, you're like sprinting at the speed you could never do normally. So the adrenaline. Uh, yeah, horror movies. Kind of energy. Horror movies remind me of that all the time.
1: I could never figure out as a kid, like we would go over to this one guy's place and watch horror movies. And then one time, uh, you know, it was like a basement. It was like a daylight basement. And uh, he came to the... Um, it was uh, a, little, a lot of stabbing in the movies. I can't remember which one it was. And he came to the window with one of the, you know, the kitchen knives from upstairs and, you know, he shined a, signed a shined a light on the knife and hit the window and, like, started going, you know, up and down stabbing motions in the window with the light on it. And uh, I think that was the last time I went over. <laughs> I was like, okay, where's this going to end up? You know, it's like, uh, Russian roulette coming or whatever, but yeah, it was it was pretty shocking at the time. And actually, we ha- you know we had a good laugh at it, but it's just getting kind of weird. There's other things that happened, you know, contribution to that. But
0: I mean, it's yeah, it's interesting. These low fields and low examples there. There's low energy, and it can trigger those survival responses, which can give you bursts of energy. Oh yeah, but it's kind of kind of a temporary thing, right? Where the high fields and the low ones are, you know, making your personal energy lower, your willpower more difficult to overcome and be the person you want to be. So in these higher consciousness fields, then there's more energy available, more positive, you know, uh, feelings and, and thoughts too, right? Yeah, it's um, more abundance
1: uh, there seems to just be more possibilities. Uh gratitude, I think, would be another characteristics of a high field. Uh, people are happier. There's I think uh we talked about your daughter Maddie, she calls it flow all the time, you know. Um, mm-hmm. synchronicities. I mean, mm-hmm. our friend Gary, you know, our synchronicity guru, he's he's mm-hmm. not- noticing synchronicities all the time. He's really a little wired for that. I just So things fall into place easily, you know, and there's all these patterns that show up Mm -hmm. and uh, it's easier to connect with people and be
0: more relaxed to talk to each other. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that, you know, the, the beginning of the party, you know, when the party's first starting and there's the social gets getting going and there's fun, exciting people to talk to. There's that happy flow feeling and, you know, noticing those synchronicities and energized feeling um, and that kind of energy in those higher fields, you know, it's, it's a, it seems like it's a longer term energy, right? It's uh supporting our personal energy and our personal will um, that there's just, you know, when you're not in a, it's like a survival kind of whether it's unconscious or conscious triggering that um we can be our higher selves we can be our best selves more easily
1: yeah if you've ever been to a good party you know you kind of you can be can last for days that feeling you know mm-hmm. it's like a celebration of life i mean humans are social creatures we we need each mm-hmm. other we need interaction i mean i think the one of the mm-hmm. worst things you can do is put someone in isolation that's what that's what they do in prison as a punishment i mean some mm-hmm. people manage it better than others but um, I recall a uh, history of uh, prisons. I, don't, I was watching a documentary on it, and it was thinking it was New Zealand, Tasmania where their idea of putting people in in prison was just to put them in these individual cells and isolate them and keep them away from anybody and just you know bring them food and water and uh, you know the suicide rate was just extraordinarily high, and that 's mm. when I realized that you 're really not, not going to rehabilitate anybody that way. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it was a death sentence for many people. So that's uh, mm-hmm. just an example of how people are wired to interact and, you mm-hmm. know, hanging out with each other is just part of the joy of life. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And in, you know, we talk about different aspects and the party is really, is that connecting person to person and social and relationships, you know, building building relationships and connections with people. Um, and then we've talked about, you know, high fields related to, you know, the grace of the guru kind of situation. Mm. We talked about Amma the Hug, Hugging Saint in past podcasts. And, um, you know, what uh, What other high fields have you, like, experienced, you know, around people? Mm. Um, I know you we t- we talked about Dr. Hawkins. Um, yeah, we think of others. Clayton, then? I think we've told the Dr. Hawkins story. Um,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, we we've talked about going to um, going to a seminar where somebody used, mm-hmm. is an acknowledged expert in the field, mm-hmm. and they share a perspective on something. Um, mm-hmm. Like we have a. A community of futures here in town which helps entrepreneurs get their businesses started and teaches them various things about different parts of business so you have your your accountants and website developers search engine optimization specialists you know maybe an overall marketing uh, person mm-hmm. um, so you know these people have been trained professionally typically or they have their you know sort of natural ability in conjunction with um, with, you know, educating themselves. They demonstrate excellence in an area and eventually they might get asked to teach that or they mm. pursue teaching it because they have a mm. knowledge that is been demonstrated as true. Um, hopefully it's mm-hmm. some practical knowledge. I always appreciate people like that. Mm-hmm. But um, in that situation, it is practical. They're hiring people that have actually succeeded in, the, in those areas. So that would be an example of we may not think of it as the grace of the guru in the West, but in the East, they may, they may call that person a marketing guru. Whereas we mm-hmm. think of people mm-hmm. as you know gurus, we associate with spirituality. And
0: mm-hmm. um, so those would be individuals. Yeah. We, yeah that, we have our research guru, you know, Dr. Gary Schwartz yes. that we're working with. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just being even a short meeting with him the insights around research and conducting scientific research uh in really, you know, integrous, really complete ways, kind of the gold standard of 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 doing research that can be reproduced by others and is stands up to to scrutiny. Um he just radiates that. It's just like being around him uh, is, um, is just like an instant boost in, in thinking about or just doing the research and, and uh, designing and doing the research that's on our, on our evidence page. Um, but you know, the other person that um, comes to mind for me is you, Clayton. Mm-hmm. Um, when we first met, your, your uh, level of consciousness or your abilities in the area of personal development you know, were really sort of <laughs> rubbed off in me, on me and, you know, helped me to move forward with my own personal development. But you, I believe you were holding a high field in personal development because that's what you were doing. You are coaching people in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just like was an immediate boost for me.
1: Yeah, thanks. I mean, you spend thousands and thousands of hours on something and you, you develop distinctions and uh, levels of discernment. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Most, most, so most days I would agree with you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, Some days. Yeah. Uh, we're, all, we're all human and uh, have, our, have our ups and downs. Um, the, uh, one of the ups I've heard from you is this pancake breakfast on July 1st, you know, Canada oh, Day. Yeah. <laughs> now, I've never been up for that. What's that like? Well,
1: so I live in Nelson, British Columbia, Canada. It's where the FLFE head office is, and it's 10,000 people. And a lot of these small towns, they have their main street, you know, and it was was the center of um, the distribution of uh, ore in the area. And so it had, uh, you know, a lot of nice architecture. There was a lot of, uh, you know, kind of money moving through the area at one time. And and Baker Street is, you know, uh, our main street in town. And it's lined with, you know, quite nice architecture, a lot of brick buildings. And so you have this, you know, this quintessential small town main street. And on, J- you know, July 1st, which is Canada Day, the, uh, I think it's, it's a Rotary Club puts on a pancake breakfast and, and there's probably 500 people in line you know which is like you think of this a town of 10,000 people you know that's a lot of people and um there's a guy on you know the block that they that they that they serve it on he owns a restaurant i think it's cam's and uh he you know cameron helps out with his kitchen to you know help with the pancakes they got this great big pancake maker and all these dozens of people volunteering and there's somebody in line usually handing out canada flags you know really tacky kind of canada flags and all the kids are face paint you know not all the kids but there's people are face painted and and there's a whole itinerary for the day there's you know the pancake breakfast and then you go to the you know we have a park called lakeside park you go there and the the mayor and the council, you know, the big candidate day flag and they, you know, they sort of had the big candidate day flag and had yeah, the big candidate cake. They cut the cake, you know, it's standard stuff in any hometown uh, or any small town. It's just one of my favorite days of the year. There's this whole itinerary they print in the paper and you can go from event to event to event. And in this, in this park, they have, you know, vendors and they have the fire department and, uh, you know, Kootenai Lake Stewardship Society and, they have a balloon, uh, a tent where you go in and play with balloons, or and it's just a lot of fun. You know, it's my one of my favorite days of the year, and I don't do well with pancakes, but that's one of the days where I take digestive en- enzymes and go and eat my pancake breakfast, <laughs> and um, it's just great. It's just a celebration of you know the country and the town, and. Um, I just love it. I love going to pancake breakfast. You know, it's just that
0: small town, simple, down to earth. Yeah. So, knowing you, Clayton, I'm sure you've calibrated the level of consciousness <laughs> of, of of pancake breakfast Canada Day. What What happens during? That oh yeah, day?
1: God, I forgot to mention that. It's the yeah. So Canada Day is the highest consciousness day of the year in Canada. Hmm. Now, the second highest day is uh, Christmas. Mm. Now, there's been years when Christmas Day is higher than Canada Day for some reason, and maybe there's something going on politically. And the week leading up to Christmas is the highest day of the year. Uh, sorry, the highest week of the year. Yeah, mm. And, mm. Um, and that's the pattern we see everywhere, Jeff. It's usually the the birthday of the spiritual leader of the majority Mm -hmm. of people in the country that Mm -hmm. is the highest day. And then Mm -hmm. there's typically holidays before that. Like when Mm -hmm. I lived in the Middle East for a while, it was, I think it was Eid that led up to the birthday of uh, Muhammad. Mm -hmm. And that was the highest day of the year. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's interesting that you can have a country that's, you know, someplace in the world, it could be 150, 180 out of a thousand on the Hawkins map of consciousness, and on that day, it would be over 500, mm, which mm. is love on the Hawkins map. So, you know, you got street festivals, you've got all kinds of events happening, people are on holidays, there's you know, it's usually lots of parties, lots mm-hmm. of great food. And um, yeah, that's,
0: that's, a, that's a great example
1: of a high consciousness
0: field. Mm-hmm. So when that field, our personal energy is lifted, our you know, level of consciousness is lifted. I, I kind of think of personal energy as like, well, how much get up and go do we have? Yeah. You know, how much kind of functioning and ability to to go and do things and level of consciousness as we, you know, as we move up into that five hundred and above level, I just feel a lot of love towards towards everything. Um and everyone.
1: Yeah. I mean one of the examples that I was just thinking of high consciousness fields is when I first went to um your family's companies. And mm-hmm. uh, we talked a little bit at the, about this before, but there was, you know, we, you were introducing me to people and you're, you know, this is Fred. He's been here 37 years. This is John. He's been here like 17 years. This is, you know, mm-hmm. Bob or Mary. And they've been here 24 years. I mean, I've never been in a company where you had so many long-term employees. And mm-hmm. I thought that was, you know, this said a lot about you and your family, how you, how you'd created that. And uh, that's mm-hmm. a very practical, Practical example of just having a company that's run well. People are treated with res- with respect. They certainly seem to be happy there. Mm-hmm. Um, not mm-hmm. just because you were showing me around. I get, you know. I just thought they were generally kind of nice people, and mm-hmm. the, the tenure was something I hadn't experienced uh, before. Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, yeah, there's a field that exists, and you know, with a company that's been around that long as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's that history, and it's been in the same building a long time, uh, that that, that feel of consciousness grows there and people can, you know, make a living, take care of their families and um, express themselves, you know, at work and through their careers. And so, yeah, it's, I'm sure it's true, true other places. Um, we certainly with FLFE, it's been quite a delightful environment to be in. 'Cause we have of course the F of the Fee environment activated on the the building, our office building. And but it's also every you know, all the people and the interactions and sort of in the mission of the company, people are um invested in that mission mm-hmm. and um helping each other and you know, somebody gets busy, somebody else comes over to help, and there's just that um you know, high consciousness field seems to bring in these, um, char- you know, the characteristics of cooperation and, and uh, respect for each other. Um, really, uh, laughter, you know, like yeah. sometimes <laughs> we get going in these meetings. It's, it's just hilarious. There's just, there's something about laughter and humor that's high consciousness. Absolutely. You know, yeah. That, that um, and the manifesting the manifesting part, uh, there's a lot of people that, you know, talk about ways of manifesting and this being in a high consciousness field and rising in consciousness yourself and then a bunch of powerful humans getting together and holding an intention for something. I know really specifically, mm-hmm. uh, man, things seem to happen fast. Yeah. You know,
1: what's interesting about kinesiology is you, you can – or muscle testing, you can measure the level of consciousness of the environment mm. and then start mm. to tweak it, you know, to adjust mm. it and optimize it. And yeah, at some point it just becomes, there's a real flow and it's just a delight. You almost like with the FLFE office. I mean, I look forward to going into the office and uh, mm. there's an energy there of getting things done, which is just makes it way easier mm. if you're kind of, you know, feeling sluggish, you just get your body to the office, you know, Mm-hmm. And um, that's true for a lot of places. There's just an energy of doing, so you get to tune into the energy, and it carries you.
0: Mm-hmm. And in the, that high field, you know, we talked about in a low field, you have you have to use your personal willpower to kind of move your mood up. You know, to to move out of negative thoughts or negative feelings. It's just less effort, you know, in in a high in a higher environment that you don't have to use your personal willpower to get out of a bad mood because you're just already in a good mood or it just takes a little switch of thought to be, to be in a different, different pattern.
1: Yeah. There's lots of characteristics of those high, high places. So there's, um, we talked about more synchronicities Yeah, just day to day, positive living, uh, more personal energy, um, Manifesting seems to happen quicker in a high field, Jeff. uh, Mm -hmm. And you know, in a high field, the manifesting is generally positive. I mean, quicker Mm -hmm. manifesting is you know is good as long as the you know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it comes back to watching your thoughts Uh, because some of us have some unconscious thoughts and maybe unconscious speech patterns around. Oh, there I go again. Or you know, I'm so bad at that. You know, those kind of. Negative patterns in a high field are, you know, it's the manifesting can occur. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. We think
1: about we manifest what we uh, think about, whether we are intending to attract it or not. It's, it's mm-hmm. always happening. So, yeah, mm-hmm. if you're in a high field and you've got a particularly, uh, you know, if you have a particularly hard time with something, at it seems to come to the surface pretty quick because things just
0: happen faster in a high field. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So Clayton, how do we raise the consciousness? I mean, we, we've got a lot of experience with FLFE and I know you've had some other, use some other techniques to, to, to raise the consciousness of us environment.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, I always like to start with the basics, you know, just, uh, We talked about before when I was in private practice, when I was wanting to grow the business, um, I would take everything out of my office, wipe down the walls with some water, just bless the room, thank it for helping me, you know, make a living and have joyful, well-paid work. And I would be pretty diligent about that while I was wiping down the walls and giving thanks for all the clients. So just cleaning Just, you know, clean it, Mm -hmm. clean the windows, wipe down the walls. I mean, I used to dust the ceiling and take out all the furniture. That was a bit extreme, but that's, you know, that's, it really worked and I tend to be cluttery. Mm -hmm. So if I took everything else and only brought it back in the things that I was using and cleaned every book, then, you know, that stuff I wasn't using, I'd put it in storage and I'd rotate stuff in and out of storage that I, you know, I wasn't reading those books at the time. I just wanted to keep everything really current. So I would say cleaning, washing down the walls, for example. And uh, I think you talked about rose, like I use mm. a product called Dr. Bonner's Soap a lot. I use the rose oil and um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, rose is the highest vibration plant. So, mm-hmm. I mean, do you, have you ever done a lot of
0: smudging, Jeff? Is that something you were early into? Smudging? Yeah. no. I mean, I've been around people that, that did it and been to, you know, various ceremonies where it was done. And so I've definitely felt, felt the effects of it. Um, but I, I haven't done it much myself. And once, once we were able, you know, once we developed the FLFE technology, it just didn't, wasn't needed anymore. Um, but, yeah, on, on Rose, I've, you know, since we talked about that, that Rose is the highest vibration, the highest consciousness plant that uh yeah i've been using rose essence a lot more Mm -hmm. and um certainly makes sense to use it to wash the walls down and you know do that have you noticed like i'm sure in your measuring say your office what kind of change in consciousness level you would get in a in a good cleaning is it in a scale of you know few you know less than 10 points or higher than 10 or
1: yeah, honestly you know i haven't you think as many things that i like to measure i haven't really measured that hmm. yeah, i noticed that i really i'm really grateful for the people who clean the office mm-hmm. and um like we you know we spent a lot of we spent a lot of um a lot of resources on creating a nice environment you know we happened to move mm-hmm. into a an empty space so we got it designed we had a we had an architectural designer and yeah. um it was kind of built to suit the, this new office. So we have spent a lot on it, you know, and we're just finishing up the getting art and, and things. So it's been so nice. I just haven't really, I haven't paid attention to that for for years. Yeah, that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's that'd be a interesting experiment.
0: Now I've never done uh, feng shui, but I know you've, you've done that pretty often in your, where you live. Yeah, just about every house we've uh, done
1: has had feng shui. We, we have a lady, uh, a friend of ours, Ashley, who is a designer and a feng shui practitioner. And uh, she's helped us with a few things just in our living room. And uh, we want to get her to, to do the rest of the house. Um, hmm. There's kind of a typically good design principles from what Ashley's explained is um, really in alignment with feng shui. And in the past, I've just had feng shui practitioners come into just about every house I've lived in for the last 15 years. Mm. And um, some four or five times, you know, they they just keep making improvements. And honestly, I think if I had to keep having them come in, it would have been even better and better and better. I just, Mm. you know, it was pretty good and I just focused on something else. But there's a lot more in that, that I've explored and I've explored it probably more than 90% of people. I know. um, I was always, I mean, sometimes the, the, the change was dramatic. Mm -hmm. Um, I lived in a rental one time in Kitsilano in Vancouver up on, uh, God, our street. Yeah. And this home had been a rental home for a lot of years. And there'd be a few people. I would stay there like seven, eight years. And then some people would move in and some people would move out. It was like shared, Shared house, um, nice place to to live. It was really great for me um, and for others, mm-hmm. I, I think. Um, and we had a person come in and feng shui the home, and there was one kind of weird spot in the hallway, and um, yeah, people in the house knew about it. And when they came in, they're they're they're. Uh, the story they had was that there was an argument there in the past between some people, or some people mm. had argued there a lot, and it created this really low spot in the house. And um, mm. so they did a, did a process, and they, they they cleared it. And we all in the house noticed that the house seemed very different, mm. and that was um, pretty dramatic. Like there's, you got five people, you know, that all experience the same thing, and you're living in the place. That's significant. Yeah. And um, and it wasn't like the house wasn't loved, you know, so to speak. Um, one of the guys that lived there did sweats every Friday night. And that's mm-hmm. sort of where I got into the smudging a lot and the, the, some mm-hmm. of the native uh, ways of thinking. And they would come back after the sweats and, you know, they'd have a meal at the place. And on Saturday morning, you'd wake up and there'd be four or five people in the living room, in the living room, like staying overnight just because, you know, they stayed late. So it had a, it was, the house had a great feeling in it. It was a good place to live. And there was just one spot
0: and, uh, that was pretty dramatic. Yeah. So in thinking about fields of consciousness, you know, that we've been talking about, you can kind of picture the fields and thought forms attached to it. And, um, you know, from the input of all the people that have been there and over all that time. So how does feng shui work? I mean, is it movement of energy into the, like, how does it make, how does a place go? uh, I don't know if you know this or not. I'm just Mm -hmm. kind of wondering, like, how does feng shui actually work with the fields of consciousness to to go higher? Well, from what I understand about it, um,
1: there's certain principles where if you have a large window and you put a plant in the center of the window, your eye will tend to draw itself to the plant in the center of the window. And depending on the room and the house and where it's laid out, that will pull your energy to a nice view. Mm. Uh, if it isn't a place where you'd naturally look. So that's an example of working with the way that humans relate to an environment to help them mm. appreciate the beauty that's in it. Mm. There's just really common sense things like having furniture that doesn't uh, get in the way of moving around properly. Mm. Uh, colors, uh, you know, Feng shui, people talk about cleaning as well. I mean, it's that was one of the things that was always mentioned with the people. I, I tend to work with the same person and, and you know, they, they had been doing it for decades. And when I lived in Vancouver, I'd lived there 20 years. Mm. And so they would come over and do the place and they would, you know, back to the basics. Okay. When you move in, you know, if you're living in a shared house, you, you know, you clean your room really well, you put your energy into it. Um, There's also about the way that the energy runs, Uh, like a lot of feng shui, people don't suggest you live on the end of a cul-de-sac because Mm. the energy Mm. of the cars moving will tend to, Mm. you know, kind of, hit that property, if you will, mm-hmm. um, or living on a place on a highway where you're say the highway is going in a certain direction, there's a big bend and the chi of the traffic will actually go beyond the road. We, we've used that as a, as a uh, geopathic stress indicator when we're writing the programs for FLFE and compensating for mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, bends and rivers, of course, Jeff, that's another one that we're common. Mm-hmm. We we're, we're, mm-hmm. we're, commonly work with. Underground movement of water will tend to pull energy away from a place mm-hmm. because it's the energy is going with the water, so those are all feng shui principles um, yeah, okay,
0: yeah, geopathic stress would be part of feng shui yeah. mm, that's interesting, yeah, so it sounds like it's a combination of you know the flow of energy and the consciousness of the people living there, you know appreciating the beauty and not. <laughs> Running their shins into a couch is in a way, yeah. Um, so they're then so it's a combination of the flow of energy and uh, the consciousness of the people appreciating the house, maybe going up,
1: yeah. the th- just, you know, reasonable design principles, yeah. Plants bringing in, you know, like, plants is another one. Um, I think we I talked about before Jeff pets A lot of people find their homes don't feel the way they want without. You know, mm-hmm. a pet or, or um, just okay. living things. Like, there's a difference between having a mm-hmm. um, a plastic plant that's green and looks good in the corner and one that's alive.
0: Um, well, there's the, f- the field of the, the the cat purring and the dog wagging its tail. I think Dr. Hawkins talked about that. That the that kind of love is it in the unconditional love range? That
1: yeah, 500
0: anyway, for sure. Yeah, and, and there's probably things about feng shui,
1: Jeff, that I'm just not thinking about in this in this moment to be able to summarize it, you know,
0: succinctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just put you on the spot there. I oh. just was really curious about how, how it works with fields of consciousness. And it makes sense that it, the flow of energy is happening all the time around us. And if you can use that to your advantage to, you know, add to the energy of the house or make sure that energy isn't going out the back door in a way that you know, lowers the the level of consciousness. So. Yeah, that's right. If you have your
1: front door and your back door aligning and you don't tend to, and you know, if you don't find a way to manage the flow, it tends to go right out and that affects your abundance. There's there's a lot of principles. Uh, the research I have done on feng shui, Jeff, uh, the average home in North America that's feng shui by a, you know, like a professional practitioner, the average mm-hmm. home was up 40 points. So, that's a big that's a big jump that's a big jump and that's extraordinary uh really mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know and i don't know if that you know if if a person came in twice and three times four times the sure if they came back because oftentimes they'll suggest you make changes and you make the changes and then you know they they there's more refinements but um when i went back to the homes that i lived in the ones that you know the person came back to several times his name was Henry. Um, he was well known in Vancouver. Uh, -hmm. if he came back a couple of times, it would go up even higher. Mm -hmm. So that was just kind of testing in the, in the past, Mm -hmm. but yeah, that's a big, that's a big
0: increase in your quality of life. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about high consciousness fields and, you know, the FLFE service is another way to raise the level of consciousness of the properties. And, you know, it kind of depends on where the property starts as to what the what the delta is, what the increase is. But the FLFE home subscriptions at five hundred and sixty, um, and that's dramatically different than certainly North America's or the United States is in the three hundred and fifty range right now. Yeah, I mean, twenty nineteen, I think the average, the L O C of the average home in
1: the United States was around four hundred. So that's a mm-hmm. hundred and sixty point increase, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. the, of course we know that the the Hawkins map of consciousness is logarithmic, so it's four hundred to the hundred sixtieth power, mm-hmm. and I think it's even higher now, Jeff, since the pandemic, a lot of things, so you know, the consciousness
0: has dropped a lot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, people have found that sanctuary really, really helpful to have a high consciousness field to be in. Um, yeah, so in a in a high conscious field, whether you're doing feng shui or you're at a house of worship or you're in an FLFE environment, there's the things we've been talking about that we're supported to be in a better mood, to, to, um, have our relationships be at a higher level. at certainly in the love range, FLF, FLFE at five fifty five sixty. 560, um, supported for our relationships to be loving and that being in that field and it's like people went to to pilgrimages you know for personal growth and to get closer to divinity to you know all of creation to rise or you know it might have been specific health things as well but certain places people go to really evolve um and so what we've noticed is there's a personal level of consciousness effect in a high consciousness field if you spend time in it it's like if you went to live in your local synagogue cathedral mosque and you could you know camp out and live in some of the highest places in those structures you know that's you would be spending time in a high consciousness field and so you know, we find that people's level of consciousness go up in that situation. I'd love to hear you talk more about that, Clayton. It's yeah. So because we're
1: we spend a lot of time measuring consciousness with uh, kinesiology, in particular. I mean, if you walk into a a place and you feel good in there, it's very likely a, a higher a high consciousness place. You know, humans are extraordinary consciousness research, uh, you know, machines. That's how we, that's part of how we survive. And with kinesiology, you can get pretty specific about changes in consciousness. So for example, in a, in an FLFE environment, um, if you spend eight hours a day in that environment for 90 days straight, the average person goes up in consciousness about 15 points on the Hawkins map. So the Hawkins mm. map of Consciousness or the Hawkins scale of consciousness is what we use as our our control to measure that influence.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And if you're spending 24 hours a day in an FLFE field, so a, a person that's just come on to the service, that person on average goes up 30 points in, mm-hmm. in 90 days. Mm-hmm. So that's really quite a jump considering, you know, some people go up hundreds of points in their lifetime. And of course, some people go down. So when D- Dr. Hawkins was alive, the research that he did indicated that the average person goes up about five points in their lifetime. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: being in a high consciousness field like FLFE really gives you uh, an opportunity to accelerate your your personal growth, your your level of consciousness. Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know the thing that you talk about all the time, Jeff, is that that's really you know it's thirty to the power of ten times more energy to create the life you want Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. what it's for it's to help you live a more abundant life Mm -hmm. in in whatever way that's meaningful to you
0: yeah and it's back back to the willpower and environment so you know in that high conscious environment you know the personal development is happening almost without our willpower right yeah i mean you can be on your personal path and we can talk about some of those personal paths but um doing what you're doing, but you're not applying more willpower it's the environment itself that is 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 supporting you to move up uh, more quickly and maybe clearing those habits or you um, know there's just more energy in the environment for us to, to use to to grow to clear those environments just be happier in our lives just to be in a be in a more joyous state um so yeah that's that seems that extra energy we can use it for to to create the life we want the 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 more you know positive real expression of ourselves that you know the person we want to be
1: yeah there's I think there's less than one in one million homes in the world that are at 500 level of consciousness w- without mm. some type of FLFE influence or maybe multiple, you know, Feng Shui uh, applications. Mm. So in, in most environments where I mean to give out our energy to compensate for the environment because we're higher than environment mm. and in an FLFE environment and, you know, five isn't the limit of it. it. We have lots, I think we have about 12% of our, our, in our homes, Jeff, that are over uh, that are over 600 on the Hawkins map. Mm-hmm. So it can go up a lot higher. It's just that the there's a the consciousness slider that you have access to if you're a subscriber or on on a free trial. It allows you to adjust the level of consciousness, and it, it's kind of
0: defaulted to 560 when you start the service. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can take it up to 570 for those those keeners that want to have it at the highest possible level um and that's you know there's this there's a process we haven't talked much about it so far in this in these these discussions and fields of consciousness about personal rising in consciousness you know what is that like and we're talking about really increased freedom you know kind of freedom in our life to to create the life that we want to have um but along the way they're, they're we've got habits and levels of consciousness and maybe some traumas and patterns. Um, and as those start to change, you know, what, what happens?
1: Well, we have these conversations with customers every day. And, um, one of the themes is that, you know, rising unconsciousness isn't always comfortable Mm. As you release a negative pattern or an issue, um, you know there can be some rocky days, and um, mm. and the, on the on the other side of that, as you transcend it, there's more freedom, more joy, uh, mm. mm-hmm. and it isn't always smooth. And I think mm-hmm. that's really well known in in the consciousness or personal development community. Mm-hmm. Um, the people who've made changes in their life, they know the process that they've gone through Mm -hmm. and it can be difficult. And those of us who choose to live that life, decide that it's worth it.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, You've heard the dark term, dark night of the soul concept where, you know, in those big jumps, you know, we're really taking a large jump that, the old beliefs are dying off, you know, we're like, they don't, they're not working for us anymore, but the new ones haven't quite formed yet. And there's that, that more like the, like the butterfly, the chrysalis, you know, it's the, the, um, the worm is, 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 dissolved, but the butterfly is not yet formed that that can be, can be uncomfortable.
1: And what's that saying, Jeff, uh, when one door opens, another one closes, but the mm-hmm. hallways are hell.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's just an important fact of life in probably all of our personal development journey. You know, parts of adolescence um, can be pretty painful, you know, and as we're finding ourselves oh, in that, yeah. those early teenage years. Uh, it's an example of a rising in consciousness and emotional age. And some, um, you know, some of that struggle that can occur, um, but is you know on the other side, becoming your true self and who you are, and your expression, and being able to share that with others, and in a loving relationship, is really it seems part of what being human is all about. You know, is is this journey?
1: Yeah, and it's, if you're going to talk about high consciousness fields, low consciousness fields, and rising in consciousness. If you don't have the, you know, the caveat in there that rising unconsciousness is not always going to be comfortable, it's like the conversation's incomplete. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Um, we all want to be more free, typically, and mm-hmm. and, um, and there's a process to go through to get there, and it's not always comfortable.
0: Mm-hmm. So, what are some of the personal conscience-raising processes or tools that, you, that you've used in your life? Well, um,
1: we talk a lot about Dr. Hawkins uh, in, in the FLFE community. So reading uh, Dr. Hawkins' books or listening to Dr. Hawkins, uh, you know, he's got a lot of DVDs and CDs for sale, and there's a lot of information on, on the Internet about him. Uh, any high consciousness teacher. I think if you're in listening to their material or reading their their, their material, I think that would be one, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Um, how about for you? What are some of the ones that
0: come to the top of your head? Well, when I was in high school, my mother and I did uh, transcendental meditation. Mm-hmm. So we went and, uh, you know, met with the guru and got our mantras. And that, that practice for me really changed my life. Um, Just that time sitting twice a day at that time is what they recommended. It was like 15 minutes and got longer over time, but just having that quiet time to occupy my mind with just the mantra Mm -hmm. and not be in a story or in my thoughts or in my feelings and, it really changed things for me. It just sort of opened up the view, you know, and then I could see my thoughts um, arise, you know, and then I would go back to the mantra. And I think just the experience of seeing my thoughts as not me, like, as something that I can observe, like, if I'm observing it, then I'm not those thoughts. And I think that Experience over time was really good for my personal development. Uh, to yeah, that's good. And so that was med- meditation, and there's a lot, you know, a lot of forms of meditation. Um, and then you know, the work I did with you, sort of looking at where the low spots are, using kinesiology to measure those, and then using energetic medicine tools to 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 move up or to clear those those old patterns. So that's kind of what I do now is more look for those pointers, you know, and they can be synchronicities pointing or just a flare, you know, like a anger flare or mm-hmm. a fear flare or some little like bright neon light, you know, going off in my, in my being that says, okay, something's happening there that I, that I need to look at and then apply some tools to you know, whether it's meditating about it, whether it's talking about it or energetic medicine, you know, releases, there's tapping, there's other energetic medicine tools, um, acupressure related. Um, you've got some great tools there, Clayton. And that, that's been really good for me. Yeah.
1: You've been a real advocate of energetic medicine for sure. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um I remember a story one time, somebody said that, uh, the world looks a lot different at 35,000 feet when, than, than it does when you're on the ground. And, you know, laughter, having fun, good relationships, having a good time. There's a type of healing that happens when you're having fun and enjoy that, uh, you know, we may not want to be that technical about it all the time. I'm going to go hang with my friends, have a high consciousness experience, raise my <laughs> vibration, and hopefully raise my consciousness. You know, it's like you go hang out with your friends. You have a good time. You laugh. You, you know, you do whatever you do, and um, and that inspires us, right? Mm-hmm. We're just kind of getting into a technical explanation of it here, but there's a healing that happens in joy that doesn't always that doesn't necessarily happen anywhere else.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've noticed that with dancing.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say yeah
0: yeah Yeah. (laughs) static kind of we've had some static dancing groups around here and in boulder when i've been there and yeah just being able to just move your body to the music just like no other thoughts in mind and it there's something really healing and freeing about um just being free with your body and just letting letting it move
1: or even exercise i mean you know that There's a biochemical, you know, the endorphins and increased oxygen and there's all those things. And they they contribute to a higher level of consciousness. But definitely exercise uh, is is one that, I mean, most of us feel way better if we exercise regularly. Mm -hmm. And um, I just thought I should mention before I forget, I mean, the most power, probably the most powerful personal development program in the history of humanity are the 12-step programs. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of us forget that. And I, I don't know that they're meeting in person recently because of the, of COVID, but there's so many twelve step programs. And um, you know, mm-hmm. they're they're proven to help people recover from
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: especially alcoholism, that's probably the most commonly known in, in in a ways that other that nothing else has done that that I'm a that I'm aware of.
0: Mm-hmm. And there's just so many, you know, there's so many spin-offs of that. Mm-hmm. And you know, I guess, you know, some of the principles there would apply in other of these things we've talked about where we've got our personal willpower. We've talked a lot about willpower mm-hmm. today that it takes us so far and the environment can, can help us to go further, to support us to go further. And it's turning ourselves over to that higher power, that personal, you know, that you could say divine power or willpower. That And when that occurs, that's, you know, where the magic seems to really happen.
1: Yeah, to have a talk about high consciousness fields and not talk about turning your life and your will over to a power that's greater than you would be another, that would be an incomplete conversation <laughs> in, and in our life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we spend uh, probably most of our meetings, we do a prayer before, maybe 90, mm-hmm. 90% plus, sometimes we forget. Mm-hmm. But that is... Uh, they're kind of fundamental to the way we do life.
0: Yeah, I think you told me before, and correct me if this isn't, isn't, isn't accurate, but we've got our personal willpower. We've got the environment mm-hmm. that we're in. And then if we turn ourselves, say we're at 500 personally, and our, so our willpower is at that 500 level. And then if we rise in consciousness, you know, 30 points, then we're, you know, we have, you know, 10 to the 30th power more willpower there but if we turn ourselves over to divinity in some way however we conceive that where does the power go is is it 850 is that right yeah it's called Uh, the
1: um it's called the spiritual will i remember when i mm -hmm. read that first in hawkins work it's talking about the power of spiritual will and i mean i had to look up what that meant and Mm -hmm. uh it's turning your your will over to Uh, something correlated with divinity. You know, they talk about Mm -hmm. in the 12 step programs, I think a power greater than yourselves. Mm
0: -hmm. And,
1: uh, you know, that can be a lot of things. If you've ever been out on the ocean, if you spend enough time Mm -hmm. in the water, you're going to get humbled. Mm -hmm. There's Mm -hmm. a power greater than us out there. Uh, you spend a lot of time in nature. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, you're going to be reminded regularly that there is a power greater than us. And you may not Mm -hmm. always think it's benevolent if it's, uh, whether that you don't like or is actually dangerous, uh, but yeah, you're absolutely right, Jeff. And uh, our our personal will is directly correlated to our level of consciousness. Mm-hmm. So our um, if your level of consciousness 190, and you know, if you have an addiction, addiction calibrates around 125 at, or desire on the Hawkins map of consciousness. The field, I think, in the 12 step program, I think it's around 540, if I remember. And that's mm-hmm. about the energy that it takes to help people transcend addiction. You you need to have something that's much greater than your own will, in spite of all the suffering that may happen. Mm-hmm. Typically that's what, what I'm not an expert on addiction, but that's that's my understanding mm-hmm. is you you need mm-hmm. you need help from something greater than yourself. And mm-hmm. of course, because we like to measure consciousness, we try to put numbers on it. And you know, mm-hmm. sometimes that's really helpful. And
0: you know, if you're getting results, that's probably what's most important. Sure, the, yeah, the numbers help me just to get sort of an idea of the scale. Mm-hmm. You know, like from my personal level to this 850 is just such a huge jump in power. You know, yeah. power to create the life that we want, and so that that surrender. You know, just seeing. The numbers maybe I've become more of a numbers person hanging around you yeah. Clayton you must be you must be high in the field of numbers and it's you're bringing me up into that so
1: I'm high in the, um, high in the field of numbers geeked them <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's right it's rubbing off on me um, and it's it's part of how we've been able to do FLFE is with the measuring if we didn't if we hadn't been able to do this consciousness measuring we would we just wouldn't have been able to create what we've created
1: yeah, 100% agree with you. I don't even know if I'd want to. It's so hard to understand some of these higher truths and what's a truth and what's a belief system. If, if we didn't have a way of measuring it, I don't know if I'd want to do this business. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, we're reaching, reaching the end of our conversation here today, and we'd love to leave these tidbits or things that you could try at home or, you know, with your friends. Um, so I'll, I'll start that off that, you know, we've talked about these low and high consciousness environments and, you know, the awareness about that. We've talked about that in previous podcasts. Then it's this idea of willpower and how does that environment affect our willpower our personal energy, maybe ability to, you know, get things done. Um, in these environments, you know, to pay attention. First of all, how does the environment feel? And then what is it doing to you personally as far as, you know, your will? Yeah. Um, I think we've talked
1: before about, you know, humans are consciousness researching uh, mechanisms and, um, in, in an unconscious way, we're always looking for, uh that's the role of the ego is to help us increase the odds of survival. But as we get beyond the ego and we move towards more loving um, ways of being, our, our environment and our willpower plays a more important part. And so typically we invite you to uh, look at, your life in, in a way that you can become more conscious of what you're doing and maybe raise your consciousness and, and see what that next step is in your life. And so if, if you'd like to, uh, to do that this week, we, we thought we'd suggest that you look at your environment and really create more discernment around how that affects your personal willpower, your personal energy, and uh, your ability to change.
0: Great. Thanks, Clayton. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Thank
1: you for joining Fields of Consciousness, the podcast of Consciousness Conversations. We invite you to visit the link below the episode to experience a completely free trial of focused life force energy
0: for 15 days. If you like, you can subscribe to Fields of Consciousness podcast and please tune in next time. We release new episodes every other week on Tuesdays at 11.11 a.m. PST, Pacific Time. Onward and upward.